articulate his words also very clearly. Amen. Um, our next speaker is a lady who happens to be my wife. But I want to explain something. You see, many years ago, there was a confusion. She thought she was my assistant. <laughs> so I had an assistant. And she thought it was her. So there were some, you know, skirmishes. And but she is called. So and, and so a senior bishop in our church came in. Bishop Eddie Adi, he came in. Bishop Eddie Adi and split here, go to your church. And, and, and split me to my church. If you stay here, you're going to cause a confusion about who is assistant, who is not assistant. Tell somebody, wife is not assistant. Tell somebody, wife. Wife is wife. And and when he took her away, my assistant today is a bishop. And she too, she's a bishop in her own right. Her, her bishopric has nothing to do with me. She even has her own church, her own church members. This is one of her church members who just came to sing. She's not my church member. I don't, I don't know where from anywhere. It is her church member. So she's here in her own right as as a, 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 an anointed vessel of God. She has her own message. And that is why this is morning, this afternoon, I can very confidently tell you listen carefully. You will be blessed. Please welcome Episcopal Sister Joy Hallelujah. Please let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this conference and for this first day. Thank you for the two sessions we have had that have already opened our hearts and touched us. I pray that in this third session, your presence will continue to be here. I pray that what must come forth will come forth in your words and in your way. I ask for your help, Spirit of God. I ask for your help that we may hear what is ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a privilege to be here this afternoon. And I first want to thank Bishop Patrick for the honor of sh just sharing his pulpit today. Amen. Your clapping is like you are hungry already. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I also want to recognize my spiritual father, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. Without his leading, we will not be who we are doing what we do. And permit me to say for a moment 
that everything that you hear in this conference is from something that we have gained from him. Can you give him some volume, please? Hallelujah. Amen. And I just want to say that depending on how you receive him, that's what will te- determine how much you receive from the conference. Many times in our lives, we are equalizers. We like to say that I'm the same as this person. I'm the same as that person. Are we not all reverends? Meanwhile, the person he was challenging had fruit and he didn't have much. And so I just want to say that Bishop Dag is a gift to a generation, not to a generation. He has achieved in his lifetime what each part of his ministry is somebody's whole ministry. If you take his churches over 90 countries over 3,000 churches that's somebody's life ministry if you take healing Jesus crusade they have in the past 15 years gone to more than 200 different towns that's somebody's whole ministry if you take the Nakazo Bible School and the magnificent buildings he has put there that too is somebody's whole ministry please are you with me this so I just want to appeal to you and say to you I don't want you to see the um, denominations and things like that but rather see the gift because that is what will bless you hallelujah Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So permit me to say this. In this short time that we have together before our first break, I want to share with you six leadership secrets from Luke chapter 14. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll be speaking to you from three books. The key scripture is taken from the book here in Anakazo and some of the points here. But we have delved deep into the art of leadership because this is a leadership conference. And the top 10 mistakes that pastors make. And I'm trying to put them together in these few minutes. We will come back to a book session and I can tell you what deals we have for you today. But whatever you do, do not leave without a book because the book will be Bishop Dag speaking to you directly and you can go over and over and over it again until you actually implement what is in it many times when we agree with a sermon we think that it means we have done it. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. We think that we have done it. And that was why I like Bishop Patrick's point when he said that the loyalty, unless you force to bring it in to your church, because many agree with the message, but they have not been able to put it into 
practice. But we are in a leadership and loyalty conference. I want to just pull out some leadership secrets from Luke 14. Luke 14, let's read the scripture from verse 16 to 24. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. Will you translate as we go along? Yes. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the famous Anakazo story that many people are familiar with. And if you are not familiar with it, please make sure you get the book. But as we sit in this leadership conference, I want to say that there are some leadership points that come through as you look at the activities of the master. And I want us to go through it. When, if time beats me, I will just pause there and continue tomorrow. Mm. Amen. Mm. The first thing or the first leadership Secret. This book is full of them. Several leadership secrets. And I need to say that we really need leadership. Pastors are also leaders. Worship leaders are also leaders. Choir heads are also leaders. The head of the prayer team is also a leader. The head of the ashes is also a leader. So no matter what you are doing in the church, you are probably leading somebody. Some people are leaders of four. Some are leaders of two. And some are leaders even just of themselves. But leadership, we cannot get away from it. And so the first 
art of leadership point I want to share with you from here, which I see this man applying, is AOL 36. Know a little bit about everything that Luke chapter 14 and verse 16 said that this man made a great supper. Now, he Luke, was uh, associated with what was going was on. Hallelujah. Amen. Hands on leadership. So, Knowing what was going on. However, there are many leaders who resemble Potiphar in Genesis chapter 39. In verse 6, it says that he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not what that he had. Save the bread which he ate. He was blessed to have a Joseph. In whose hand he could leave everything. But the Bible says that apart from what he ate, he didn't know what was going on. I don't think he was a good type of leader. Please ask your neighbor. Potipharic leadership. Is that what you are doing? leadership. You are in the church. But you only come to do that thing that you are doing. And you don't know much. Else. But as a leader, you need to know things. As a, as, a, as a leader, you need to know things. As a pastor, you need to know things. And as a leader, you need to know things. Are you with me? And when you don't know something, you need to seek to know it. Pastors find themselves in a place where you are a lawyer, you are a doctor, you are a politician, you are a politician, you are a protocol minister. You are a musician. So many things that are going on. And we need to know what is and happening. In the scripture we read, it just says that a certain man made, he made a great supper. He was part of what was going on. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have the kind of leadership that does not know much, you will create a lot of mistakes. And some of them have been known to happen. I believe it was in the life of the prophet Branham. He, he had people who were the administrators of his ministry. But he didn't understand what they were doing. And so when they decided not to pay tax, he didn't know. He didn't know. It's not like Ghana that you don't pay tax and and nobody knows because they don't have proper records. But over there, they have records. And so he was there when suddenly a case was brought against him. And he was built. Meanwhile, he had lived and he continued to live a very humble life. So everybody knew that he had not stolen the money. He was only blessed that they didn't jail him. But he was was asked to pay a huge sum of money. And he, from that time to the now end of his ministry, he was in debt and he was just paying and paying. And it affected his ministry. He was a man of God. He was anointed. But what he didn't know, he was only lucky that it didn't cost him everything, but it crippled him. 
And there are some of us today. You are leading something. But you are crippled by not knowing something small. About many little things. I am always amazed. When I find pastors who have gone to architects. And then they have drawn. They have drawn some grandiose plan for your church. You need the architect. You need him to tell you what to do. But if you don't know enough, you will pay far more than you need to pay. My team and I, every time we pass a certain road, we look at a certain building which took three years to roof. Not because of a lack of money, but because of the complexity of the design of the roof. Pastor, if you will not know a little, you will go and put your money into something and you will not be able to come out of it. Your members will be donate, giving money. I thank the Lord, the life of God for the life of Bishop Dad. Every church is just a box. Put the box there. It's a box. Please look around. It's just a box. It's a box. It's a box. Amen. Amen. The doors that are in the box is very deliberate. So that air will pass. You can visit all our buildings, not one fan. There's not one fan there. It's not a mistake. Amen. Amen. And so what I'm saying is that if you just ask some questions, you just get some answers. Hallelujah. Oh, you are very quiet. Oh, why is it the hunger? Amen. Amen. A little knowledge about everything. Some of us, our sound technicians, they have taken us for a ride. Because we don't know anything about sound. Hey, God bless their hearts, but they don't. I was there some time back. We have struggled over our sound for a long time. And they told me that, oh, it's because we are uh, extending the building, so we are carrying the uh, equipment in and out. And so because of that, you know, you are not able to set up well and what you have said, it is true. And I remember one of my pastors saying that, we will get doors. Because the building did not have doors Well, the day came. The doors were put in. And now we could put all the equipment in And say that, now it's here. Fix it and let it work. Said they said it was the up and down. Okay. They came. I said, oh, run the cables, put it out. They came and said, oh, everything is Still, the problem with sound was there. Still, it was there. So we had another meeting. These microphones are very old and tired. I began to remember. I had seen this thing some time ago. Somewhere. Baby. But said, don't worry. So I told the accountants. Get the microphone. They got them the microphones. When the microphones it's a microphone you buy the bad problem. It became worse. 
Then they said, we had another meeting. We said, what is it this time? They said, it is the mixer. I said, I mixer. You be- <laughs> Are you in the house? Oh, aha. If you don't seek a little knowledge from somewhere, they will use you be in trouble. Is it true or is not true? Anyway, I have not bought them the mixer. I have refused to buy it. Say, no, no, we will repair it and we'll use it. Hey, push your neighbor and say, neighbor, what is it that you should know that you don't know? Hey, some years ago, a couple were going to get married. And they went to do the HIV test. When they went to do it, the woman's test was negative. And the man's test was indeterminate. In other words, we are not sure. And so they took the test to the uh, girls pastor they were in different churches when they went the pastor looked at it he said oh if they say it's indeterminate there's no problem there's no problem hey I remember one of our pastors said he said mm, indeterminate it's more likely to be positive you need another test. The couple they married. I'm not continuing the story. But whatever you imagine that. Because a pastor who needed to have a little knowledge. A little knowledge. May we not be so big shots like Potiphar. Amen. Amen. Wherever you find the knowledge, is the knowledge with a child taken? Is the knowledge with a foreigner taken? Is the knowledge with somebody in another church? Amen. Amen. Error number two. The second principle. The second principle. What are we seeing from this man in the story? AOL 86. That is the eighty-six. Reproduce yourself in others. I believe Bishop Patrick said something similar but in in different ways. When he was talking about the lack of a sister. Let's look at Luke 14, verse 21 and 22. You see, he had sent the servant. When the servant came back, the Bible says that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Some of us, we have our sisters. When you send them, they don't even come back. But look at the servant's answer. He said, it is done as you have commanded. what you have said we have done. He had brought up a servant who flowed with him. In fact, for me, this servant is one of the heroes in my book. Because you can be sure. When the man was cooking the supper, I'm sure the servant was there. Then he sent him. Go and call the, the church member. When it didn't work, he came back. Then he sent him. Go and call the people who are outside. 
Then he came back. Then he sent him again. And he went. Clearly, he had some kind of flow with the man. Many of us, we have the kind of person, if you are sending us, the place is half for Christ. Why are you asking? What is all this trouble? But I believe that this man, he had trained somebody like himself. Hallelujah. Amen. So in the first point, we were talking about you, the leader, being part of the But this second point is balancing it. Because another gutter you can be in where you alone are doing everything. It's a very dangerous thing to do. If you are the only person doing it means that it will only grow to where your strength is. It will only grow to where your strength is. If there's nobody you have brought up, if you have not reproduced yourself, at a certain point, you don't have strength anymore. And what will happen? Who are the people that you are bringing up? One of the reasons why we go from pastor's meeting to pastor's meeting, conference to conference, so many times I see pastors that is my work. My work is to organize conference. And many times I see pastors coming alone. And the reason why they are coming alone is because they don't have somebody who will follow them willingly. Amen. Amen. There's a statement from this book that I want to quote. Leadership is not the art. It's not the art of making a whole lot of people dependent on one person. Leadership is not the art of making a whole lot of people dependent on one No. Jesus did not show us that leadership. When he came, he got his 12 people. Started to train them. Started to expose them to different things. Amen. Amen. Can I give you five ways to reproduce yourself? The first one. Be a father to people. Be a father. Have the heart of a father. If you're a lady, have the heart of a mother. I know many women, you cannot love somebody who's not your child. It is one of the greatest limitations in your life. Because if you are to reproduce yourself in somebody, then you must be a father to that person. And if you are a father to that person, how the person is, is very important to hey, The person's problems are your problems. Amen. Amen. Secondly, be a teacher. I know that you are teaching them spiritual things. Or if it's music, you are teaching them in the music. Or if it's in the ashen, you are teaching them the ashen way. But a human being is more than the ashen way. A human being is more than the music. 
What about how the person is dressed? What about how the person is carrying him or herself? What do you have to say about that? The person who is walking around you following you, have you taken the time to train that person? Is there a big gap between you and the next person in your church? It's like you are a king with the priestess. Yes, Mr. Gomez. And then after you is down there then you are not teaching I said then you are not teaching if the person came to you only able to eat with his hands it's not a problem but it is a problem if after two years with you he can still only eat with his hands amen because it means that there are many places he cannot go. Many years ago, our bishop's wife, she used to have meetings with the women. And she used to have these particular meetings in a hotel. It was very deliberate. I remember she had this meeting in one of the Good hotels in Accra. Uh, hotel, so we came for a program, and after the program on the Saturday, yeah, all the ladies went to When we got to the hotel, hotel, the program was going on. I had come at that time. We were in Tamale, so I came with my ladies. When I got there, I went to the bathroom, the washroom. When I opened the door, two of our pastor's wives, they were there, and they were laughing. And I asked them, what happened? What's going on? Then one of them said, Mommy, when I came to the washroom, I opened the door. When I entered, and I closed the door, then the toilet had not, she had not touched it. She had not touched it. And the toilet flashed. And she said, what ghost is here? And she opened the door and she ran out. So, she was still standing. You see, this was this was in the early days of the census that so she rushed out and when she came out then the second pastor's wife came and then she said I'll wait and see what is going to happen so she waited just as she thought the other one she also went in she shut the door the toilet went what had happened to us here we were we were pastors wives but we had never seen something like this in our lives this was many years ago. And when in I thank God for our past hours, our bishop's wife. Because many years later, over 20 years later, we were now all three bishop's wives. And we found ourselves in Singapore. And we were standing in a washroom. And when we entered and it flushed, we came out and we said, do you remember? Do you remember? Somebody taught us. That's why we didn't disgrace ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. What are you teaching the people who are following? I will do it, you know. Teach them. 
Teach them. Some of us who are sitting here, it's only fufu you can eat. It's only TZ you can eat. Somebody has to teach you. We traveled some time ago. Again, it was a ladies' meeting. And this was a meeting in South Africa. And the churches in South Africa, they fed us. I get it was our bishop's wife. They fed us. They fed us us until as Idi Amin says, we were fed up. But on the last day of the meeting, one of my countrymen, I saw her and I greeted her. I said, Oh, ma, then she said, I can't wait to get back home. I said, What is going on? She said, I am so hungry. I said, In the middle of all this food, I need kinky. I need kenki. I couldn't get kenki. You need to teach your parents. Listen. Fufu may be awala, awahon, but you must be able to eat the rice. You must be able to eat the spaghetti. You must be able to eat the pizza. Because one day, one day, you see, that person, when he gets there, he will always thank you. As I'm preaching to you, one of the young men who was with us just two years ago, today, he's in India. And he has to eat Indian food. And he takes the picture and he sends it to me. Because we used to travel. And when we travel, you make his face. No, I get a nice food. I can't eat. I said, bread. You have to eat. Today, where he is, he cannot do anything. He has got to eat roti. He has got to eat chapati. He has got to eat curry. Also, got it. Teach them. Travel with them. And you when you come man. to a meeting like this and you Obey come alone, you have you have disturbed somebody. Yeah. You have disturbed somebody. Because even the ability to sit in a meeting like this, sit in a hot room like this, close to people in the heat, and remain awake. Even that is a skill. And also, there are people everywhere they go when they sit down. They but when they sit down, they sleep. It's like automatic. Some of us, when we eat, we sleep. But it's part of the training. If you had brought him, if you had brought her, they would have been awake for you when you were preaching in your church in some time to come. Number three, I can see time will be reproducing yourself in others. Be a friend. Be a friend to them. Yeah, be a Adam friend. Omo. Forget your post a little and be you, a friend. You, you, you are doing your way Number four. Yeah, also nine. Expose them to the challenges of ministry. You see, this master in Luke chapter 14, he faced the challenge. He faced the challenge. But you see that as he was facing the challenge, I'm sure he knew the servants must be feeling tired. But this is the challenge and we are in it until we fill our hearts. Some of us, we are afraid to, 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 to to let our people see the challenges so, of the ministry. But when we do that, they will not go. You are always trying to solve the problem. You are always trying to pay for things. Mm. 
That one. That one. Mm. You are always trying to make the thing available for free. That's not life. Please tell your neighbor. Learn it today. There is no free coke. There is no such thing as a free coke. Somebody by all means pay. It is a challenge of the ministry. Yesterday, I got a call, a text from a Bible school student. And he said, I have tried and I have tried. We are going for a camp. The place we are going, we have to pay 150. I have tried and I have tried. I have tried. I haven't got anything. I have got only 50 cities. It was in the night. I could have sent him the handbag. But I sent him a text. Try a little more. Try a little more. Because in this life, it's not every day that somebody is going to be able to help you. This morning, just before I stepped up, I saw a text from him. I have added 50 more. Don't you agree that now he is worthy of the hand? But he has learned something. It's a challenge of ministry. We are always trying to do something and we have to raise the money. That's why I love Bishop Dag. He will ask you that. There's no pot of money lying somewhere. Are you there? They are telling you that you have to go for a funeral. And you are using the church money to pay for it. So that what will you use to buy the land? What will you use to build the church? What will you use to buy the instruments? I went to a friend at a friend's church. The drum was held together with rope. When I got there, he told me that for the one hour teaching I was going to give to his leaders on for that one hour he had to buy them food I've not heard it before if they were at home would they not eat so I started the meeting I said okay the first point is that the food, no. How much is one plate? A plate then they told me. Then I multiplied it by the number of the people in the room. Times the four weeks we were going to be meeting. Then I told him, I said, you see, you have eaten your drum. 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 It's a challenge of the ministry. Jesus was moving around healing people. Hourly. But one day he said, you, Don't take a purse. Don't take an extra coat. Don't take extra shoes. Have you seen the road? Keep going. Keep going. Preach. Raise it as you go. Heal people. Yeah. And can you not see that when they came, they were excited? The challenges of ministry. And number five, send them into the ministry. Send them. Those you love most, those who are the most used to you, they are the ones you must send. Those who love you more, those who you have taught, by the time you are aware, you would have brought forth or reproduced yourself. Are you in the house? One day, Dakro, Bishop called a number of ladies. We were about eight. And he said, the books have got to go. And the books, they don't go on their own. People must go. Then he shared the here. 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 You. Here. You. Here. You. Here. You. Here. 
He looked at me and said, India. No, she. Or she India. I had one name. One ticket. Ticket tobacco. One name, when I say one name, one name of a pastor. One return ticket. Money to pay for my upkeep. And we shall see you later. That was my introduction. And no, to the oh, you are very quiet. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sometimes, if you don't challenge people to the ministry, they begin to They don't understand that it is hard work. But when they go and they do it, they are so pleased. Please, allow me to speak to the pastors who have young people in your church. Young people are so capable of so much. In January, January, I had a leaders meeting and I looked at four leaders and I said to them four crusades you here you here you here they happily said oh yes mommy why not until I said eh, excuse me I think you don't understand something you are the preacher of the crusade oh oh how and I said how 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 but I'm happy to tell you but they me, went. Me, me, say, I koye. said they went. Koye. They organized it. Gathered people. Hey. hey! So now when they see me going In to preach like, what can we do to help you? Because, because that they can see because and feel say. what it is. Oh, oh, ha, reproduce yourself Number three which comes from Art of leadership point 51. Get angry sometimes. Get angry sometimes. In Luke chapter 14, the Bible says in verse 21 that when the servants came to tell them that the people are refusing to come, the master got angry. And in verse 24, he said that none of them will eat his food. Jesus had already given us an example. When in Matthew 21, he got angry and he caned people out of the church. Only anger had caught him. And he said, what? The church that we are supposed to use we have made it into a market. But today, I keep on meeting pastors and leaders who are angry but are afraid to show the anger. So the church member can do anything. Behave anyhow. And out of fear that your member will leave you. You don't say anything. And because of that, we are spoiling the church. Pastor, you are preaching. Your church member is sleeping. And you leave it. You are preaching. Your church members are chatting. And you leave it. Pastor, you call a leader's meeting. And nobody turns up. And you leave it. Hey, hey. Are you there? Uh-huh. 
Sometimes, even when you don't feel the anger, you pretend it just to make a point. <laughs> just to make a point. Hallelujah. Amen. So let me give you the laws of anger. <laughs> The laws of anger. You see, because if I don't give you the laws, you'll be saying that, oh, but it's a sin to be angry. No, wait, wait. Let's put it into context. Number one, a leader is supposed to get angry at evil. Amen. Amen. In Second Peter chapter two and verse seven, it Peter talks about being vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Evil should make us get angry. We have come to the point where we have pampered our church members and pampered our church members and pampered our church members until fornication has taken a front until adultery is walking in the altar until homosexuality is happening. Because we are afraid to say anything. We are afraid to say that what you have done is wrong. Are you there? But it's true or it's not true? When you see your church member with a pregnancy, and you know that there's no father that you know of that child. One Sunday morning, I was in my office. I had not yet gone into the service. But just before the service, a lady, one of my prized sheep, I have to talk to you. I have to go and preach and come. When I have to talk to you. What had happened? She had fallen into sin. The brother she had fallen into sin with was a preacher. No, or no, he or no, or no, was not. At that point in time, in his life, he was doing absolutely nothing in his life. When I say nothing, I mean nothing. Job, in church, nothing, nothing, everything was she. You have gone to look for my sheep. What do you say? Me, as I call him, I sat the two of them. Finish them well. Get out. Come on, Mumpie. They are in the church. Happily married. She's still preaching. He's helping her to do it. Get angry sometimes. We cannot keep on saying it's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. Are you there? Oh, uh, Number two. Uh, you know? A leader's anger must not lead him to sin. Ephesians 4.26 It shows us what the sin is. Be angry. A sin not. It says don't let the sun go down on your anger. So it should not lead you to sin. Amen. Amen. Number three, it must be combined. It must not be combined with unforgiveness. So yes, you you give the reprimand and you, and you, 
But it doesn't mean that the next time when you see the person the you are now being unscriptural. Because Mark 11.25 says, and when you stand praying when you stand praying then it goes on to say, so that your father who is in heaven will forgive you your Number four, a leader's anger must be short-lived. It must be short-lived. Hallelujah. Amen. If your anger stays for a long time, you begin to do wrong things. Your anger will now be determining what dictating what you So please let it go. Number five, do not allow it to degenerate into bitterness. Amen. Amen. So be angry. Deal with the situation and just let it go. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one, please. How many leadership points have I given you? I've so given you three. The first one, you know something a little bit about everything. The second one, is that what? Reproduce yourself. The third one, get angry sometimes. Because the Bible, it, it takes the time to tell us this man got angry. Number four, and this is probably the greatest point of this man's leadership. Be decisive. AOL 43. AOL means leadership. 43. Be decisive. It, what is, be. it is the greatest attribute of a leader. Be decisive. Look at what the man did. Luke 14 verse 21. You see, when he got the report, then the Bible says he was angry. But look, immediately he says, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. Are you seeing it? Immediately he took it. A decision. Now, what, what are some of the decisions that he took? First, when he heard that the people were not coming, he took a decision to go ahead with the party. The party is coming up. Secondly, he took a decision. If the party is going to come on, we have to go and get guests from somewhere. The third decision he took was that he was going to fill his house. And the fourth decision he took, which is in, in verse 24, he said that he will, all those who didn't come, he moved away from them. Said, you, will not eat, you will not eat elsewhere. Amen. Amen. The ability to take a decision <laughs> and to move with that decision Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Oh, aha. And every great leader that we know of is making decisions. When God told Abraham, go and sacrifice your son, he didn't If you had discussed with Sarah, I'm very sure that it will not have happened. I'm sure he learned after his discussion about uh, Yeah. So he just, he never discussed it. Amen? Amen. Because a failure to decide is a failure to A failure to decide is a failure to lead. Amen? Amen. If you don't decide, it's the same. 
is the same as deciding to do nothing. And sometimes we take a long time to make the decision. And you take so long that by the time you are making up the decision, it doesn't matter anymore. So let me give you six keys for decision taking. Number one, be courageous. Hey. Be courageous. It takes courage to make good to take decision. Amen. Amen. It takes courage. When David was sending his son Solomon to be king, David he told him, be strong. Hallelujah. Amen. And the church needs a strong leader. The democracy we have in the church, it's not good. I said democracy. It's not, it doesn't help. Because there are things which you need to make a decision and move forward. And when you allow democracy, you cannot easily make a decision. So if the head of the ashes is not doing well and you want to change him. And you are now coming to bring this to a committee. Uh, you are not serious yet. It's not going to happen. Because somebody is going to say, oh, you see, it's not his fault. You see, this past week, his wife has not been well. We have not discussed this Amen. Amen. Number two. See ahead. See ahead. See that if you don't take the decision, see what will happen. You see, when Dave, when Solomon was coming onto his throne, his father gave him and told him to do some in First Kings. You know, deal with your brother, deal with your and he did all those things. And if he had not done it, his kingdom would not have been established. But some of us, we don't see ahead. And because of that, we don't take the decision. When you are a pastor and you have a leader, you cannot call. Do you understand what it means? Do you understand what it means? And then you leave that, that, that person just there. What it means is that you have sown the seed of anarchy in your church. The people will now understand that when he calls Christ, not serious. When they are ready, And you can see in Luke 14, you see the reaction of the master. When people were trying to do convenience things, like I can't come, it's not and many of us, we have kept around us people who only answer for And that's why our things don't work. Hmm. 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 Please, are you in the church? Consider the consequences of failing to take a decision. Consider what would have happened when if Abraham had not separated from Lot, there would have been a quarrel among their leaders. But even more importantly, 
In Genesis 13 and verse 14, is after he separated from Lord so he would have missed the voice of God. And I think some of us are missing the voice of God. Because of the kind of weak leadership that we are Hey, Are you the leader? Then lead. Let me give you a practical example. Sometimes you can have a praise and worship leader. You are leading us. And we are following you. But now you have entered in comiums. Please, you know the encomiums. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know when is that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some people call it kechematics. Now the keche is more. We, we can't follow you. We don't know how to sing. So should we sing or should we stop? That's not you saying that we should not. No. If you know that you have strong backers who will pick the song and keep us going. Fine. But many times we are lost. And people are just standing in the church and they are not able to follow because and that's how that's how the leadership of some of us is people are following but they can't see where to go because the direction is not there because so many other people are the next one. Move quickly when all information, all relevant information has come in. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that that's what I'm saying. I'm saying to make a decision. When all the relevant information has come, make that decision. Amen. Amen. Don't make a decision on half the information. information. But when the whole information now you have the whole then you now move. And you do it quickly. And that's why the master said to the servants, make haste and go. Do it quickly. In this book, the ten top mistakes that pastors make. You can even say that Christians make. The very first one is the mistake of slowness. The mistake of slowness. Man of God, God spoke to you. Child of God, you got an instruction. Get moving. When you move, the grace of that instruction also passes. But many times we slow down. We say we have to have a meeting. We have to discuss it. We have to find out what to do. We have to get the money for it. We have to do and in that delay. The crowd just moves. By the time you are coming to do it, please, I need to inform you that most God related things they are time related so it will work for a season but it will not work and when we delay like that I said when we delay like that many things just stop some of us here you should have had 
some 15 branches by now. But you began to delay. You say, oh, the people are not well trained. They don't know what they are going to do. And then you walked around, walk, 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 Am I saying don't train them? Oh, I'm not oh, saying that. But there's also a way that somebody can begin doing the thing as you are training them. I remember our early days in Tamale. My husband had had some training. But me, I hadn't had one day of it. But we were sent. And every week, two, three days, Bishop would call. What are you doing now? Do this. Do that. I remember the first time my husband was away. And I had to preach. That evening. And I said, that today. He asked me. What did you preach? And I told him what I preached. Seven points. He said, did you preach all the seven points? I said, no, no, no. Maximum three. Take the three points. You see the points. Find the scripture. Find the window. I was being taught, but I was already on the mission. Tell your neighbor the reason why you have not had a crusade in a long time. Not that you don't want to win souls. But you are delaying. You are delaying. I said you are delaying. Last such Friday night, one of these young people was supposed to have the crusade in a given area. And he had gone. He had chased for the location. Said, Give me car park. Said, They won't give him. Give me this place. Said, They won't give him. Give me this place. He said, They won't give him. Give me here. They said, They won't give me. I tell you, our institution says Satan is reigning. To do anything for God, you really have to press. Then the young man came to me. You see, somebody else would have come to say, oh, the crusade, we have to postpone it because uh, we don't have a location. I thank God, the young man, it shows the training is working. Because he came and he said, I asked for car park, they didn't give me. I asked for the square in the hall, they didn't give me. I asked for the place they have parties, they didn't give me. But I have seen a bus stop, a bus stop on the road. We will go there. It will do the them like singing. by the time they turn around, we are on the road and we are preaching. I thank God I got the picture. Beautiful picture. Oh. Who pictures? No. It even saved us money because they used to light. Take a decision and move. I should be ending shortly. Once you have taken the decision, implement it. Hey, Ghana, what decision have we not taken? As for taking the decision, we'll take it. One district, one dam. One district, one dam. It's a decision. But to implement it. Hmm. 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 Are you there? We're talking about how to be decisive. And the last thing is to surround yourself with good people. You see, in the story in Luke 14, the, 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 
the servant doesn't say much. But he does what he was asked. So, so clearly he was a good person. To have around. Some of us we've surrounded our people with naysayers. Tomorrow I'll be talking about how to get that servant. A because some of us, our ministries are not moving around. The people who are around. Hallelujah. Amen. Secret number five. AOL 47. Be flexible. Rigidity is costly. I'm not sure that barrier is flexible. Be flexible. Be flexible. Rigidity is costly. First Corinthians chapter nine and verse twenty-two. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. What Paul was basically saying was that you need to be flexible. You see, this master in Luke chapter 14, in the Luke 14 story, when he realized that the people for whom he had prepared, that they were not coming, he just changed it and made another plan. He just changed it. And you need to be flexible. Hallelujah. Amen. You need to be flexible. The older we get, the stiffer we get. But I thank God that what is going on physically is not necessarily what's going on spiritually. So in the spirit, you can continue to be a very flexible person. And God is very flexible. That's why when the children of Israel needed water, one time he said, take the rod and strike the rock. The next time he said, speak to the rock. Flexible. Flexible. That's why sometimes people think that the Bible is contradicting itself. It's, it's, it's just flexible in this situation, this, in that situation. If you are rigid, it will cost you. Some of us in our churches, you put rigid laws and you can see that some things have changed. And it's time to change. I thank God for the Church of Pentecost. They had a lot of things that they put there. Right now, if we don't change some of these things, the young people will go. So they changed it. And you can see that the young, the English church is as strong and as vibrant and as as the the true church from the flexibility. Amen. Amen. Some of us, the music in your church. How it was. It is. And you want to do it, ever shall be. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we, we, we change things and it's Christians who get angry. One of the things I like watching is the reaction of Christians to the rapping stars. Those who is <laughs> rapping. You know, 
And you might say, hey, what is this? Because hey, you know, when they rap, you know, if you are so, maybe 40 and above, you probably can't hear. <laughs> but the people that they are trying to reach, you know, <laughs> who are in the ages of 12 to 35, they can hear. And the message is clear. And you have a rapper in your church. Born again. Sanctified. And you are sitting down there saying, Oh, it's very evil music. I want to remind you that when the charismatic revival came and we brought in electric pianos, they told us it was evil. And that the piano must be a pipe organ. Today is our turn. They told us that reggae music is evil. Today, I am under the rock. We are jumping and we are enjoying it too. <laughs> In the same way, time has moved on. The people are rapping. The people to whom they are speaking, they understand it. You are now standing up and say that, hey, hey. Please I receive so. it. Is your age? Mm. 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 Light power had gone off, Jesus had gone off, Dan had gone off, this had gone off. Then we released one of those guys, one of those rappers. When he started, crowd has arrived, message is preached, souls are saved. If we hadn't released him there, we have got what we are looking for. You continue to be there saying that unless music is four keys, key C, key G, key what? D. D, and there's one word F. F. <laughs> hey! Please don't be angry Bridget. with me. The last leadership key. The chapter. Number six. Interact with the interact with the great and the small. Interact with the great and the small. I have to say that as I look at this man in Luke 14, I am so intrigued at how he was preparing a supper for some rich people. People who can buy land, can buy oxen, and can marry wife. When they disappointed him, he just turned the blind, the hogs, the meme. I don't know how he managed that switch. Yes, I do know. Are you in the house? Because I'm thinking to myself that hey, wouldn't he have been thinking that my carpet will get dirty? Hey, if I'm bringing all these strangers who some people not following there are so many reasons why you will not do it. But this man, the great, 
and the snow. He flowed with all of them. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. He will talk to Zacchaeus. He will call a Luke to be his his, uh, his, his disciple. But he will also call a fisherman. Peter. He will also heal a leper that nobody wants. The great and the small. The great and the small. What is happening in our church? Sometimes it doesn't work that way. Because we believe in either one. And sometimes even in our speech, we cancel out one or the other. But both of them are needed. I said both of them are needed. The great and the small. Six leadership secrets. Number one was what? A little, know a little. Know a little about everything. Number two is yes, what? Reproduce yourself in others. Number three, get angry sometimes. Number four, be decisive. It is the greatest attribute of a leader. Number five, be flexible. Rigidity is costly. And number six, interact with the great and the small man. Please stand to your feet. Sorry, you know, sir. This afternoon, I just want you to bow down your head and pray for a moment. Pray about anything that has struck you, any point that has come forcefully to you. Just talk to the Lord about it. Ask the Lord to make you a better leader. Maybe you are leading the choir. The choristers are always late. It's also partially a feature of your leadership. Maybe you are struggling with those who are under you. Ask the Lord to give you the spirit of a leader. The spirit that this man in Luke 14 has. Tell the Lord that Tell him that you want that same spirit. Lift up your voice and pray for me. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. You are on a bomb pie. You have prayed and prayed and prayed about your church. But the Lord is saying that it's your leadership. It's your leadership. Rakaba, 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 Raka
Just lift up your two hands and ask the Lord for a fresh anointing, a fresh leadership anointing to lead Maybe what you are leading is going good, but now you want to ask him to help you take an extra number. Yes, Father, we thank you so much. Yes, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you, Jesus. We are grateful. Yes, Lord. Thank you for teaching us your word. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the examples in the Bible. Jesus. Examples of good leadership. Yes, Lord. Father, I lift up every ministry represented here. Mm. I pray for every man of God, Jesus. every woman of God, every Jesus. leader here, oh God. Yes, Lord. Lord, anoint us, equip yes, us Lord. to do what we must. Yes, I pray for that leader, oh God, who is almost scared in his own church. Mm. Father, grant him strength. Jesus. Grant him strength from on high. Jesus. When he leaves this place today, may uh, angels go with him yes, and Lord. grant him what he needs to yes, correct Lord. what he must. Mm. And I pray, Lord, that your body will be strong. Your body will be healthy Jesus. because of the leaders that you have put in place. Yes, Lord. I give you praise and I thank you in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. 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 God bless you. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. Before I take my seat, I believe Pastor Bishop Patrick will be here in a moment. I just want to introduce to you again these three books. The story that I am sharing with you from is you know, I, I need to say something. You see, this book is a very flat looking, very small looking book. For those of us in the United Nominations, it has been part of our lives for how many years? I don't know. Since, since, since. But you know, over the past year, God has done something in my life through this book. I have been amazed. the Bible says, eat the book. Sit by it. I have been amazed at the things that God has taught me as I've gone back to this old message. And, and I want to just recommend it to you. Hallelujah. The 10 top mistakes that pastors make. It's actually also 10 top mistakes Christians make. And from so, so much in there. As for this one, you need more than one copy. You need one on your bed table, one on your office table, one in your washroom, one in your kitchen. Everywhere that you are, you need to have it to open and read. The points are so many and they are so important and so applicable that you need it over and over. Now, this book, um, Seth, what is the cost of this book now? 50 Ghana cities. Top 10 is 20 Ghana cities. That's 70. And this one is 20. So that's 90 Ghana cities. The Ghana city is not going, um, it's not getting stronger. But for the purposes of this conference, we want to offer you all three. I got his permission. He, he's always telling Liza it's my permission. I got his permission. To give it to you at 30 Ghana cities. So, there's a book session after this, but some people may not return, and you may be saying that I want all three. 
Please, if you buy them separately, you are not buying it at that price. But together, those of you with the books, just move through. You can wave your hand and they are bringing it to you. They are bringing it to you. God bless you. Please, quickly. I see so many hands. I think if you can get us more helpers, it will do us good. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. 30 Ghana cities. Just so that you live with something. You live with something. Just so that you live with it. You can see that there's so much in it. Amen. And I believe that God... I'm seeing more hands, more hands, more hands. Please come to the front. I need somebody to come and serve the front. Somebody should please come and serve the front. I'm Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. As you take the books, I believe that they'll be a blessing to you. My prayer is that you will train your people with them and enjoy them. Read them yourself and be blessed. I think you can play some reggae. Just for fun.